Hello and welcome to episode four of my podcast, Anti-Culture, the cultural podcast that seeks to reestablish the North American concept of culture. By this season, looking at the unique stories of individuals from Alberta, Canada. You guys have no idea how excited I am for this week's episode of Anti-Culture. Those who know me well know that I love the French language. I love French people. I have very close friends in Quebec and I've lived in Paris. I always joke that my Francophile ways came from not having a culture I could fit into myself, given my ambiguity. So I had to find one that was extra strong in its identity that I could latch onto. My guest this week is Joël Couteau-Willard, who goes by Joëlline, or Joël Croto-Willard. Sounds not as great in English. She identifies as a Franco-Albertan. Now, when I met Joël last year, I honestly didn't know this was even a thing in our province. Of course, I'd heard rumors that there are quote-unquote small pockets of French in northern Alberta. But you could almost say that about anything and kind of believe it, since that seems to be just the nature of our province. Joelle and I had our first French exchanges at the event we met each other at, and I was shocked because her French sounded way more like Parisian French than Canadian French, to my relief. She explains how her accent got this way, and also how she doesn't quite fit the mold of her own identifier in other ways too. Joelle is a sweet, sweet soul and has lended herself to a lot of projects that bring communities together, explore arts and culture, and empower individuals. I think you'll really enjoy our talk today. So without further ado, je présente mon ami Joelle. Bonsoir. Bonsoir. <rire> ça va? Ça va, oui, ça va. merci. Euh, on arrête de parler en français maintenant parce que tu m'es écouteur, ce n'est pas français. Ok, parfait. <rire> D'accord. <rire> ok, so I'm here with Joëlline. She is an Albertan, but has quite a diverse experience. And as you know, from that, she speaks French. And why do you speak French? What's, what's the history there? Who are you? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's very funny um, because I've had to answer that question a lot mm. um, because I get a lot of weird questions about why I speak French. We, you know, funny assumptions around my Frenchness. Right. So I speak French because my mother is a Franco-Albertan. I right. also identify as Franco-Albertan. Um, my mother was born and raised uh, until her late teens in a community in Northern Alberta called Bonneville. Um, so about two and a half hours northeast of Edmonton. Are there a lot of Franco-Albertan communities, like communities that are just French, Francophone in Alberta, that, like, is there a region? How would you describe that? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I don't know the stats on the amount of pockets and right. the number of communities. Right. However, if you think of a lot of the, you know, areas in Alberta, a yeah. lot of the names are actually French. Right. So, for example, Beaumont, Beaumont, right. Saint-Albert, yeah. Lac-la-Biche, Bonneville, 
Saint-Paul, um, you know, anyways, I can go yeah, on, right? Totally. If you think with that lens, yeah. then you'll discover. Right. I think, I guess I'm assuming they're more in the northern area. Right. Um, cent central north. Um, but yeah. Joelle is right. If you really look, a lot of North Central Alberta has Francophone names. This doesn't always mean it's a French community, but the mark of the Franco-Albertan is evident. According to Stats Canada from 2011, there were approximately 81,000 Albertans that speak French as a first language. This actually makes it the fourth largest French-speaking province in Canada, following Quebec, Ontario, and New Brunswick. That's actually a pretty big deal given Ontario's huge population and the fact that New Brunswick has French as an official provincial language, unlike us. A fascinating stat I also found shows that between the years of 2006 and 2011, it was Alberta out of all provinces in Canada that had the most prominent increase in population speaking French as a mother tongue or at home. People of French heritage actually make up the third largest ethnic group in our province after British and German. Now only four municipalities in Alberta are officially bilingual, meaning that they offer services in both languages on a civic level. Joelle actually mentioned a few. They are Beaumont, Ligo, Falher, and Plamondon. Hopefully I didn't butcher those names. Many people from Quebec a lot of whom originally came from Normandy in France, came to Alberta for a variety of reasons. There's actually a prominent Métis population in Alberta from these immigrants, and beyond that, settlers, Roman Catholics, farmers, and people who wanted new lives came here in the early days of our province. French speakers came to Alberta as early as the late 1700s to trade furs with the Cree for the Northwest Company. Arguably, they were some of the first settlers in our province. French Canadians are, in general, known for adopting the culture and learning the language of the native peoples in the lands they were trading in. I've always admired this reading Canadian history. There are many stories of Samuel de Champlain becoming fluent in the tongue of his compatriots and even going on canoe and hunting trips with them. In Alberta, this was similar, and for a while in the early 1800s, there was actually a mixed Cree and French language that developed in these growing communities. Until the 1870s, a lot of evidence shows, French was actually the primary European language spoken in what is now Alberta. A page from Canadian history class might speak of a well-known figure, Father Albert Lacombe, arguably the pinnacle of Franco-Albertan history. Lacombe was a Roman Catholic missionary who is known for brokering a peace between the Cree and Blackfoot peoples, and also helping to negotiate the construction of the Canadian Pacific Railway through Blackfoot territory respectfully. This is a history to be proud of that speaks a lot louder than some of our other history. Let's get back to your, your background, your upbringing. So you said you identify as Franco-Albertan. Yes. From your perspective, how would you define a Franco-Albertan? Is there a, like an origin story? Is there like a, a strong history and identity in that, um, in that expression, being a Franco-Albertan? Is that, how deep does that go? Well, um, yes. 
Uh, so for me, I am very proud of my Franco-Albertan heritage for the most part. Mm-hmm. My family, so my last name is um, Coteau, Joël Lynn is, Lynn is my middle name, and then Coteau, and then my second last name is Willard, because okay. my mother did the French style naming system. So the maiden, you know, mother's name first, Coteau. So I'm, I feel very proud of my heritage as a Coteau. Um, in Alberta because, um, yes, you know, we did come from Quebec and then before then, Normandie, uh, which is a very typical story okay. for okay. the most part. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the brief, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> kind of uh, large statement. So my family um, and my grandfather's family was a, one of the pioneer families who moved west. Yeah, my, my grandfather... Uh, I mean, his father built and lived in one of the first framed buildings around his area in northern Alberta oh, wow. in the early 1900s. Oh, wow. And my grandfather was um, a man of legacy, and cool. he actually created um, and was the main founder of the Bonneville uh, Historical Society. Cool. And he founded a museum that is a brilliant museum to visit huh. in Alberta because there's about seven different buildings that he's reconstructed wow. and, and with a heavy overtone of a French culture and um, also some trading posts and, and highlighting okay. First Nations culture in the area as okay. well. But anyway, so I'm just proud to be a Coteau of that family. Right. Franco-Albertan to me means you grew up speaking French as one of your mother tongue or it is your mother tongue. For me, my, my I grew up with both languages from a baby because my mother it was her maternal well, sorry it was her my mother's Long mother maternelle. tongue. Long maternelle. <laughs> yeah, I mean I think that's it. It's not to say Franco Albertan. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to get into identity politics around yeah. what does it mean to be an Albertan. Yes. Um, there's a bunch of you know francophones that. For me, it's just your family is you generationally heritage, from. Right? Canada, oh god, that's a whole other story. But <laughs> it's complicated, it, yeah. Yes, going back. Yeah. Um, and I guess something I want to say, because I do feel very proud of my heritage. Yeah. And at the same time, um, recently going to the making of Treaty 7 um, and seeing that show yeah. uh, uh, at, uh, I think it was at the Great Eagle. I have very mixed feelings about my family's role and what it was in residential schools because I yeah. don't have a clear picture of it. I feel like it would be um, ignorant to say, oh, well, my family had nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. Well, my family were French Catholic pioneers right. in Alberta. <laughs> so that part, you know, I have to also accept. Yes. And so that part I'm not clear on. And I also have Métis. Okay. In my family as well. Wow. But my um, relatives burnt all the proof of it out of obviously racism. Wow. And Crazy. fear. But th- you're talking people who are in their 90s to 100s right. now. As Joelle explains her story, I start to get pretty happy because she's also driving the point of this podcast home. I can't even put Joelle in a box of being a Franco Albertan. Her own definition of it holds so many layers. She talked about her pride in being a Coteau, but also how Franco-Albertan doesn't have much to it, except that you're from Alberta and the primary language you speak is French. Ironically, she alludes to a lot of the history I read you earlier, but even that doesn't carry the uniformity it seemed like it had. 
Yes, her family came from Normandy, and then Quebec, and then Alberta, along with the many French-speaking pioneers here. They were even involved with the Métis part of the story, but not in a positive way. This isn't what Joelle holds to. Instead, it's remembrance of her grandfather, a man of legacy who leaves behind a museum that pays respect to the First Peoples and the French history in this land. Her story is unique, and even what I read about French and Franco-Albertans isn't completely accurate to who she is. That's why we've got to keep asking questions. So would you say that the Franco-Albertan is like your main identifier if people are asking you about your culture, your background? Do you say, oh, I'm Franco-Albertan? Or Always. do you say, you do? Interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. And how has that been received? Because mm. you've been lots of places around the world. What What's the reaction to that? Well, outside of Canada, I yeah. say French-Canadian. Okay. Which people still don't really understand. They think that I'm really? from half from France and half from Canada. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so that one's tricky. But internally, like, not internally, but in Canada. Yeah. Around the country, I always say, I always say I'm Frank Walburton um, because I, I know that most people don't, don't yeah. know about us. I think you're right, yeah. And I did my degree at the University of Ottawa, which is, at the time at least, it was one of the only fully bilingual universities. Yeah. Even in Ottawa, the capital, most people don't know about, mm. most people I encountered were like, didn't know about Frank Walburton. Yeah. Same as in Quebec. Um, and then whenever I'm in Ontario, just by my name, people assume um, that I'm from Quebec. Even in Alberta, hmm. uh, people say, oh, I didn't know that existed. Wow, yeah. Oh, I, that's a thing. And personally, as a Franco-Albertan living in Calgary, I feel like there's more French um, spoken, um, and this is just my personal experience, yeah. in Edmonton. Okay. Than in Calgary. Okay. It's very rare that I hear just randomly people talking French all the time around right. Calgary right. versus Edmonton. And for whatever reason, Edmonton has more of a cultural, actual territorial hub. Edmonton does have an entire section devoted to French culture, La Cité Francophone. Joelle's cousin is the manager of a building there that hosts the Café Bicyclette, one of the most popular cafes there. He also started the Flying Canoe Festival, or Le Festival de Canot Volant, a celebration of Francophone and Métis culture in Alberta. Calgary doesn't officially have a French sector, but we also did discuss how the neighborhood I am actually currently residing in, Mission, has a Franco-Albertan history. Two brothers, doctors from Quebec, the Rouleau family, founded the area in and around the St. Mary's Church off one of Calgary's main streets, 17th Ave. If you look at the street sign, underneath it actually says, formerly Rue Notre-Dame. Even on my street, there is a French name, and the French spirit definitely still exists here, just minus the French speakers. Seems like the, it's funny that it's so unknown because there is such a rich culture mm -hmm. that I think a lot of, like, I mean, based on the other people I've interviewed in my experience in Alberta, like, I feel like Alberta is such a, because it's such a mosaic, it's hard to pin down a culture. Whereas I feel like French people, wherever they are, culture is such a emphasized part of their identity. And I think that that's beautiful. And so it's, it's surprising to me that that's not more known. And yeah, wh why do you think that is? Do you think it's just the nature of what Alberta has become? Do you think it's just the fact that you guys are more up north? Like, what do you think is going on there? I think that, uh, well, my, ex my experience yeah. has been that 
It's a minority dilemma. It's the experience of a minority. For example, you know, people know about Turkey. They don't know about Armenia mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. Um, again, might not be the exact parallel situation. Sure. Yeah. However, the average, I, I think like the French issue or the French question or the French piece uh-huh. that is of the big puzzle of Canada. I think it's it's a gray zone for most non-French yeah. Canadian yeah. Canadians. So Anglos and everybody else. Yeah. Um, because they don't really understand so much necessarily the history yeah. other than whatever they learned in their school books. They don't know about, um, I believe most people don't know about, for example, the genocide that happened hmm. in Acadia and why uh, there are French people in uh, and the French effects of um, people uh, being forced through a genocide, right. cultural genocide to end up in Louisiana right. and New Orleans. And yeah. the average people don't, I don't want to insult people, but I'm just saying most people yeah. I talk to, I don't want to make too many blanket statements here, but <laughs> my experience is people, most people don't know about Americans, definitely oh, yeah. very little knowledge Absolutely. of that yeah. historical importance. Even Cajun, the name Cajun yeah. coming from Akajan, yes. Akajan with an Acadian accent, Akajan. Most people are like, huh, right? That's for real? Like, yes, look it up. You yeah, know, they're from Canada, basically. But so most people, my point is, is that we know what we're exposed to. Mm-hmm. And I, from my understanding, is people just equate French equals Quebecois, period. Oh, that Quebec, that Quebec, Quebec. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, French equals you're from Quebec or, you know, and it's very simplified. Yeah. Versus... Huh, no, there's actually, oh, there's French communities in my province. I know Franco Saskatchewans. I know Franco Manitobans. Um, you know, tons of Franco Ontarians. Yeah. Of course, Quebecois, you know. And then, and then, and then, right? Yeah. Like Gaspésie and, you know, yeah. all these places. But if you don't know people from there, you, you just don't know, yeah. right? I went to high school in um, Saudi Arabia and Indonesia. I I am a third culture kid. Right. My most formative years were spent outside of my quote unquote home country. Yes. So I can't speak to what Canadians learn in high school about Canadian history. Right. But all I know is when I walk around, like sometimes I've even felt frustrated in certain cities because people ask me if I'm speaking Spanish, like Toronto or... Wow. Even here, like, whereas I find in Edmonton, they're more receptive and okay. aware of the French population. Yeah. But it, whereas in Calgary, where is there a French hub? Well, uh, it's not Mission. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> there's one or two French cafes, maybe some bistros. Yeah. But there's That's really nothing. That's pretty much the extent. Yeah, totally. There's the French center at the UFC. It's one room. And it's can, one room. You can only speak French there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's great. I, I went there all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you rock. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's so interesting. Myself and Joelle went on a bit of a tangent since we had so much to talk about, but I wanted to briefly point out her actual story. Joelle was born in Wetaskiwin, Alberta, and grew up on an acreage nearby for most of her childhood. Very Albertan story. The Croteau side of her family comes from her mom, and her mom was strict about speaking the language. Which, according to the previous stat I read you, seems to be the case with the Franco-Albertan families. And way to go for them. 
Joelle, as a result, is certified bilingual by a government standard that actually makes it so that she never has to be tested for her French again. She explains growing up in this. I grew up with my mom um, forcing French on us, really. And it was never cool and it was never fun. (laughs) Just like most, I think, Canadians identify with, oh, French, oh, I hate French, and oh, I used to speak French, but it wasn't cool because it's everywhere and people were forced into it almost. Yeah. And um, they have no use for it or they their parents don't even speak it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's a whole other bag of beans. But my mom very much, like she would, like I would say, mom, mom, mom. Like I'm just trying to ask her a question, right? Yeah, like yeah. what are we having for dinner? Yeah. And it's, you know, then I, mo- the moment I say, maman, oui, Joël? <laughs> like it, she that's was being hilarious. facetious, but yes. also serious yes and she forced french lessons on us joelle kept up her french from here in various ways even while living in different countries at one point she was forced to take a grammar course in indonesia where her work would later be snail mailed to france have it graded and then sent back to her in her university years she added more languages under her belt and joelle is now a huge advocate for people being bilingual trilingual and more if possible We chatted a bit about how the language you speak or even the language you hear around you can actually have an impact on how you see and perceive the world around you. It made me think of the Cree and French language that rose up in our own province. I would have loved to have heard it myself. Maybe this phenomenon lends itself to the fact that the Franco-Albertan identifier is almost one that's by language alone. In fact, Franco-Albertans even have their own flag which I actually retweeted some pictures of on my Twitter, at Josiah Podcast. In any case, Joelle has some awesome insight into this idea. What you were saying earlier about the, the importance and the link between language and culture, to me, is the way I describe it is, the language is the key to the culture. Mm, that's and, really good, yeah. And when you speak the language, even if you've never gone to that country, yeah. you will be able to access... Um, sayings and thought patterns and the ways that they joke and their sense of humor without even going there. Yes, totally. And understand so much more of, oh, these are very playful. Oh, they're very, you know, they're they're very polite or they're very Uh um, classist or whatever. That's the craziest thing. Yes, you're so right. And there's and there's ex- there's there's ex- so many expressions in every language that yeah. there are no words for, there are no right. translations for. Right. But when but you're like, oh man, I wish we did uh-huh. have that in English, totally. which I actually really don't like English. But that's <laughs> a really you know, it's nothing against the English. <laughs> I'm talking about linguistics, now, yes, right? Yes. I don't totally. like Germanic languages. <laughs> <laughs> Good clarification. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be very clear. Yeah, now. <laughs> that's awesome. From a linguistics perspective. It's funny because you've lived in all these different countries. Your primary identifier is Franco-Albertan. And I was just saying you're like a perfect guest because on both sides of your family, you have this like super strong Albertan heritage. Even on the French side, there's what's that connection? The chuck wagon thing. It's it's hilarious. (laughs) That's crazy. And it only matters when I'm in Alberta. Right. (laughs) So um, having lived outside of Canada for um, anyways, a good like nine years, and then having lived in Ontario for eight years, yes, I'm very aware of how insignificant this part of my life is when mm. I'm 
anywhere but Alberta. <laughs> When I come home to Alberta, yeah. if you're a Stampede fan, especially if you're a Chuck Wagon racer yeah. fan and you love Chuck Wagons, which I personally do, but I'm very biased, is um, the Coteau family um, on my mother's side has three generations of pro chuck wagon drivers. So the first generation was my grandfather's brother, okay. Raymond Croteau, okay. Ray Senior. Okay. So he was the first one. And then his son, Bert Croteau. Croteau is anglicized to Croteau. Right. Oh. I don't say Croteau. I say Croteau. But right. in Bonneville, we're known as the Croteaus. It's hilarious. And then on my Willard side, so... so Uh, Croteau Willard yeah. is um, three generations of chuck wagon drivers as well. Yeah, and my That's so the, uh, Hank Willard actually set a, set records. He was the first person to win the chuck wagon races five years in a row. Crazy. So he's in the, the Stampede books. How did your parents even meet each other? They met at the University of Calgary. <laughs> oh, crazy. <laughs> so it's so funny because yeah. they don't they don't even you know they're not big Stampede fans. My, my uncle loves to introduce me to other of the Chuck Wagon, you know, families because it's like all he has to do is say my name, uh -huh. Joel Croteau Willard, and yeah. people are like, for real? Outside of the Frank Alberton identifier, yes. to you personally, what mm -hmm. do you think it means to be Albertan generically? How would you describe Alberta as a culture, as an identity? What's special about this place? For me... I guess I just kind of would say, were you born in Alberta? And and, and yet it's interesting because one of my best friends, it was was born in Calgary, was raised in Mississauga and is Nigerian descent. She doesn't identify as being Albertan and she was definitely born here. Right. But so yeah, that's not I think necessarily. It is more than that. Yeah, it's totally. not that simple, right? Yeah. Um because also like immigrants coming here, you know or someone who's maybe first generation or second generation, you know, I, like a Filipino family or whatever, I would yeah. say, you're Albertan, right? We're all right. Albertan. Right. Um, <laughs> and yet I want to, I totally respect and understand like first nations people that are like, no, yeah. I'm, you know, Sutina or, yeah. you know, whatever, wherever they're from. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, like I, 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 I guess just like what you identify as home and if home to you is Alberta, like, like people say Calgarian, are you Calgarian? I'm very clear. I'm not from Calgary. <laughs> I have no need to associate myself with Calgary. Yes. Yeah. Do I not like Calgary? Do I have a problem with Calgary? Yeah. No, I love Calgary. I'm so grateful for this community and this city and what I've been able to create from living here and totally. these people, amazing people. But I'm not Calgarian. Right. Nor am I trying to be Calgarian. And so, but yet if someone, people would embrace if I did say I was Calgarian. You totally. know what I've been here yeah. six plus years. Like, no, I feel, Cal you know, <laughs> I don't know. So it's, it's hard to it is. Yeah. say what's the right or wrong identifier or, yeah. but. And I don't think there is a specific answer. I think it's. It is more your experience and what you feel you identify with in your own experiences. And like for you, I think it's a bit easier in some ways because you have such a rich heritage of Frank Albert. And your mom was so strict about learning mm. French and you, you know, you grew up here and even when you were abroad, that was still a big part of you. And I find that interesting and I almost covet that because I, I didn't have that coming, even though I'm. I was born here because I have a mixed background. Like my dad's from Trinidad. My mom is like 
is white. <laughs> but from is she from Alberta or? Yeah, so she is like multiple generation Albertan as well, small cool. town. Yeah, and then originally she's like Scottish. So okay, yeah. And I feel I feel very connected to Alberta through that side of the family, just in like going camping in the summers and like my grandma like says things like Chesterfield when she's talking about the couch and you know just like weird (laughs) weird things like that like she's a farm girl my grandma totally so I feel that in my heart almost like yeah this is a part of me and I love the outdoors and I love the land and I'm so interested in the diversity here and the people that are here and um yeah it's just interesting because I I talk to people that were you know, born here as well, um, that don't identify as Albertan in the same way. And then I talked to, for example, that guest of mine who's from Lac La Biche mm-hmm. and her family is the only African family there. She does identify as Albertan and she's second generation. So it's kind of, it's such an interesting thing. So I just, I'm curious about what everyone's experiences and opinion is of that. Yeah. And I mean, within the context of Alberta, yeah. I feel proud of my heritage. Yeah. Um, I feel proud of my prairie roots. Yeah. I'm proud of um, people in my family and the leaders in my family that have, especially on my French side, that, you know, like even just my aunt in, in Edmonton, she's a great leader in the education system, mm. in the uh, Centre Nord. A school board and my cool. cousin who created that festival and yeah um, a lot of art artists my first cousin who's about um actually he's about your age cool i think he's probably maybe 24 now um but his name is paul cournoyer and okay. he is a very celebrated incredibly talented francophone artist who studied music and travels and tours around as a french artist wow francophone awesome. artist but from alberta there's there's a lot of things in my family that are kind of yeah. always like no this is who we are like we're French yes yes there, there's a lot of teachers in my family so they pr- take pride in you know teaching people like we have experienced prejudice and ignorance mm-hmm. and hating you know haters French haters and you know you're always aware of those dynamics as a minority yeah yeah and personally and this is you know we don't really. You know, this is a whole other conversation too. However, I've felt like certain minority cultures really band together yeah, and capitalize on the fact that they're a minority and then create, become autonomous and very supportive of each other sure. and bring each other up and then become, you know, the merchant class or what have you. Minority politics, sometimes people band together yes. or different diaspora and they support each other. Yeah. But what I find, and this is only my experience, and maybe other Frank Walburns will disagree with me, but I find that not only do we have a lot against us um, uh, from, you know, just like ignorance and things like that, but I also find internally Hmm. that the flavor of the culture, if I'm being honest, internally as a minority group, we're we're also quite divided. Okay. I've felt like an outsider, even as a Franco-Albertan, yeah. with other Franco-Albertans, because my accent isn't like theirs. Right. I speak a very neutral French, and Canadians, French Canadians, think I'm from France, hmm. and people in France know that I'm not from French, but they never guess I'm from Canada. Huh. And there's almost like a, people listen to your accent and they kind of judge you. Yeah. And they, and and even when I'm in Quebec, I find it interesting because I'll speak French and my French is. It's pretty good, yeah. you know? 
but I'll get Quebecois people who don't even want to talk to me in French. Right. And that happens even more when I'm in Alberta. Wow. When I meet other French people, I'm like, oh my God, ça va, okay, on pourrait se parler en français, blah, 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 yeah. you know? But I'm oftentimes, my experience has been one where I'm not met with enthusiasm. It's almost an insult. Hmm. Like, well, no, I, I speak good English. Like, and some people won't even speak back to me in French. Wow. And there's been a couple times where I've addressed it and said, hey, like, I'm talking to you in French. Is there a reason that you're not answering me? Yeah. And sometimes I'll never really know. Right. You never know. But there's so it's very complex. Mm, it is. It's yeah. not a like you speak French and you're in the French club. Yes. You know, <laughs> like it's, it's totally almost like, oh, are you French enough? And well, how French are you? And why do you talk like that? Yeah. And yeah. You're not one of us. So where are you? When I was in Quebec, when I was in Quebec, mm -hmm. going to University of Ottawa, it's quite interesting. I went through an identity crisis. Yeah. As a 17-year-old in my first year in university, surrounded by Quebecois people, being a Franco-Albertan yeah. who speaks a French, international, neutral French. Right, right. And uh, women did not like me. Hmm. Other girls. I mean, yeah. girl time. Yeah. <laughs> because, oh, they would say like, oh, elle se prend pour une petite française, là. You know, and huh. like make fun of me saying, right. oh, she thinks she's French. Right. She's trying to be from she's France. Pretend, yeah. But I'm like, no, this is how I speak. I was raised by Belgian and French people in Indonesia. <laughs> this is how they taught me French. Like, I lost my... Wow. I don't speak Joal. I'm not Quebecoise. I don't speak a Franco-Albertin accent. Like, you know, it's very... Right. So I've struggled with my own identity issues. Yeah, yeah. And then I've tried to, like, put on the Quebecois accent or put on different stuff. Yeah. But it doesn't fit because yeah. it's not organic. Totally. And then my French sounds like super bad because I'm trying to speak a certain way uh, yeah. versus just like, this is the way I speak French. And if you want to know, ask me, but yeah. this is how I speak French and I'm Frank Walburton. Right. So yeah. there's, it's very <laughs> complex. Yeah. That's such an interesting experience. But the funny thing is, is that the men in Quebec loved my accent. No <laughs> oh, you know, like yeah. some guy, you know, I didn't date that many Quebecois guys, but <laughs> You know, one guy I dated, or I, I knew that that was also the reason uh -huh. that some of the women were throwing shade at me because, oh, l'accent français, c'est sexy, c'est oh, right. blah, 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 you know? <laughs> it's exotic for a Quebecois person, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? That's hilarious. But for me, I'm just like, I'm not trying to be sexy. I'm just speaking French. Yeah, like, this I'm is sorry. my French. Like, yeah. you know, but anyways. For me, I guess my message as a Franco-Albertan to 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 anybody who doesn't know about French minority uh, communities or yeah. the, um, you know, different, just like the spread of French culture around Canada, I would say, you know, like ask questions. And if you see someone with a French name and they're from Manitoba, you know, talk to them about it yeah. or inquire or like, you know, be curious about, I, I just hope to instill an ins or inspire people to be more curious yeah, about, good. you know, the history. Yeah. And well, why are why do we have French and why is it our national language and why does that matter and mm -hmm. how can I be respectful of this population yes. from a curious nature? Yeah. Versus, oh, it was forced on me and I don't like it and oh, French people. Mm -hmm. Um. Or if you, yeah, just like being and not assume and not assume that someone is yes. from Quebec yes. or, you know, 
just be inquisitive and curious because yeah, if you good. scratch the surface, you'll find a lot more French culture around. Yeah. And um, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I awesome. believe it's all about love. Mm -hmm. I wish, you know, even as French amongst French, yeah. we could just be more receptive of yeah. love and um, be more interested totally. in other cultures. What an amazing, amazing episode. There's so much to cover here and we barely scratched the surface. Language politics, Albertan and Canadian perception of the French minority, especially in the West, and so much more. I hope that by listening to this episode, I was able to bring to light some of the French history that Alberta actually holds a lot of. Joelle was a perfect guest in so many ways for this show. Born in Wetaskiwin, an Anglophone region, but having a pride in her French and prairie roots. On both sides, with chuckwagon racers and people of legacy in the French community of Bonneville, Joelle somehow formed her own perception of her identity. And no, she isn't a typical Franco-Albertan, if that even exists. She doesn't feel like she can fit in despite her rich history just because of her accent. Have you had a similar experience? I'd love it if you reached out either on my Twitter at Josiah Podcast or through my contact page on my website. I think Joelle said it best when she said, let's ask questions and not assume someone's history for ourselves. There's likely a lot more than what we would think. Thank you so much for exploring this part of Alberta with me. Next week is a very special episode that could just challenge everything we've discussed so far. It is also the final weekly episode in this mini-series I have planned out so far. I would love to hear your feedback if you've been a loyal listener, and I would love to know if you would be interested in hearing more from me, especially on our province. Based on the feedback I get, I'll definitely explore more. This isn't the last you're hearing of me, though. In the meantime, please reach out, and please, please talk to people about this podcast and share it with people you know. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week. A bientôt.